everyone. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Podcast. In this show, we strive to open a dialogue of how life recovery and God's Word go hand in hand. Every week, our speaker will be going through the biblical process of life transformation. And now, another episode of the Midweek Podcast. Happy New Year. Welcome back. Welcome back to the midweek, mid-week gathering. Um, I was so excited for us to get back and get into the Word and get to worship and freedom and do what we do at midweek. I think it's a lot of fun. I've started to actually come expecting to be ministered to by the Lord. I'm like looking for it. I'm like excited for what the Holy Spirit has to write on my heart. To remind me. Tonight it's been his goodness. So, uh, you know, we started midweek back in September. And, uh, and I really had the plan for the entire 12 months. Sermons and all this stuff set up. And I had the, I had the, the pathway that we had prayed through. Um, but I, I just want you to know something that... When, when we plan, when you plan your entire lives, um, do it with pencil. Uh, because as you go, we need to be consistently submitted to the movement of the Lord. And the illustration that God gives me when I, when I plan and when I prepare... And the way he's growing me and stretching me is that I I, I want to to follow him. And as as the Israelites were in the wilderness, I just keep picturing how I navigate sermons or prayer for submitting to the Lord for what you have to say. Um... That they were specifically instructed to follow the pillar of fire by night and cloud by day. And when it stayed, you stay. And when it moved, you moved. And you just follow it. And they did for 40 years. They just submitted to that. And so um, for me, in this new year, what I had planned, it, he moved. <laughs> um, so we are going to move with him. Uh, I was going to hit the tabernacle. I was going to hit the temple. Um, but we're shifting. We're shifting with him in a small group for young Mary uh, that meets at, at 7 o'clock on Wednesday evenings. Young Mary, um, that's a plug. Uh, anyone that's young and married is invited. But uh, one of the topics we hit at the end of last semester um, was cessationism and whether or not miraculous signs and wonders are still performed by the Holy Spirit today, actively within the church, uh, addressing all sides, everything. And one of, the, one of the things that we were doing as we were going through the study that the Lord brought to mind was the reality that John the Baptist um, was prophesied that his ministry, he'd be operating um, with the power of the spirit of uh, Elijah. And uh, even throughout his ministry of people repenting and turning and being baptized by water and him prophesying, <laughs> paving the way of the Messiah, the Savior... Uh, he didn't operate in signs and wonders. Even though he was operating by that power that was prophesied to his father back at the beginning. And um, I began to really wrestle with that 
and I wanted to learn more about this prophet. And so um, as the new year came around, and I was doing a lot of like praying and seeking on where we're guiding and with Sundays and Wednesdays, and um, I kind of submitted what I had planned to him, and he kept bringing me back to Elijah. Elijah, Elijah. So that's what we're going to do. Um, we're just following him in it. So I'm excited to do it. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to 1 Kings. It's in the Old Testament. Uh, 1 Kings, and you can go um, to chapter 18. 1 Kings 18. I'll set it up. Uh, hmm. So Elijah... Uh, to give you an understanding of the people of Israel at this time, uh, they were uh, they had turned their back on God. They were worshiping Baal. Baal was elevated. It was no longer um, it was no longer uh, immoral worship, but it was glorified sin. The culture of Israel had shifted into. A kingdom that normalized sin and then glorified sin and then built churches and establishments and temples for the worship of other gods. And I just want to read to you uh, about Ahab real quick. You don't have to turn there, but in 1633 it says, Ahab also made the Asherah. Thus Ahab, which was the king, he he did more to provoke the Lord of God, the Lord of God of Israel, than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Ahab, throughout his rule, did more to provoke God Almighty than any of the kings before him. Than all of the kings before him. And so Israel was in a difficult state. Israel was having a hard time, and uh, Jezebel has introduced uh, Ahab's chosen wife, um, who brings and establishes and pushes uh, Baal worship. And we're not going to talk about the the spirit of Jezebel, and we're not going to talk about that, um, but we are going to acknowledge that this is the time when Elijah is is brought up to prophesy. Jezebel led the charge, and... uh, killing and attacking prophets of the Lord. And uh, it's a very scary time to be a prophet, to be a follower of God. And it was tough. So, um, next week we're going to be starting at the beginning, which is verse 17 of Elijah. Uh, but today we're going to be jumping into 1 Kings 18, 20-24, because I, while going through it, one verse specifically, specifically stirred my spirit for us tonight to begin this year. One verse. If you guys heard me on Sunday, I get very passionate about the beginning of a year, the beginning of a new chapter, the beginning of something, the, the start. And, uh, and I just want to strongly encourage you, strongly encourage you, That as we look back on what God did last year and we look back on what we went through last year and we look back at last year, um, that you leave it there. I felt an incredible sense of weight while we were worshiping that first song in the room. I I, I just, I, I have to acknowledge it. There was a weight 
in the room. I don't know if you sensed it or not. But there are some things last year that we need to leave there. There's some thanksgiving that we need to lift up to the Lord. And so before I jump in to 18 verse 20, uh, let's just pray. Let's do that and do some business with him, and then we'll transition. Father, we come to you, um, Lord, submitting ourselves to you, submitting last year to you, submitting the ways that we failed, the ways that we hurt others, the ways that we hurt you, the ways that others hurt us. Father, we give it to you. The shame, the guilt, the anger, the bitterness, the loss. The time wasted. We give it to you. The unmet expectations, God. Even our expectations, this is for me, my expectations of you, man, I, I give it to you. I'm sorry. We thank you. We thank you for this year. We thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your pursuit. We thank you for the identity that is given to us by your mouth, God. We thank you for the fact that we, as believers in Jesus Christ, as followers of you, can stand in confidence as your children, as ambassadors, as those empowered with the Holy Spirit, as those commissioned to share the light, as those recognized as your children. Father, if anyone in this room that's a believer in you doubts that, Holy Spirit, remind them right now. Thank you, Father. Verse 20. Elijah is on the scene. Uh, 17, which is what we're going to be talking about next week. Uh, a drought is caused by the spoken word of Elijah. He says, it will not rain. Not even dew will form. And it doesn't. For three and a half years. Um, and so Elijah speaks this to Ahab and then is sent away and hides, okay? Uh, now he comes back on the scene at the beginning of 18. He connects with Obadiah, which will come up again later on in 2 Kings. Uh, but he connects with Obadiah and says, hey, go tell Ahab I'm here. And Obadiah is a little stressful. He is a follower of the Lord. And uh, so they do so. And now we have this. Verse 20. So Ahab sent a message among all of the sons of Israel and brought the prophets together at Mount Carmel. Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people did not answer him a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Now let them give two oxen 
and let, now let them give us two oxen, and let them choose one ox for themselves, and cut it up, and place it on wood, and put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other ox, and lay it on wood, and I will not put fire under it. Then you will call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. Then the people finally spoke. That is a good idea. So what I want to hit right off the bat is uh, Elijah comes out and he throws a challenge to the prophets of Baal. 450 says, bring them all and let's meet at the mount because I've got a challenge. And so he brings the people. And what I love about any time Elijah speaks, Elijah goes and he goes to the people. He came near to all the people. And these are the things he said. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? That question carries a lot of weight for us this year. And that's the question that I have for you. I don't know what the two opinions are, but how long are we going to wait to finally decide to act like and to live like God is God? How long are we going to grab the thing or the person that we continue to cope with out of doubt and fear? How long are we, are we going to choose the things that are not of God over that which is God? How long are we going to be like them and be silent with no words or response? How long are we going to choose to let other people do it? How long are we going to stand on the sideline? How long? How long will you hesitate between two opinions? He says to the people of God. And his statement is one that I really want to focus on for me and for you. If the Lord is God, follow him. If he is God, then what's the point in following anything else? If he is God, if he really is God, then whatever Baal is, whatever that thing is, is nothing in comparison to him. If he really is God, follow him. If Christ rose again, follow him. If Christ was born, lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose again, and he did it with your name in mind, then follow him. And following takes action. Following doesn't include sitting. 
Following means that there are things that we do behind the one that's already done them. For me, I'm so passionate about this because for, for me, it's about building his kingdom. And he, he spoke this to me, and I believe it is something that is in store that I need to be active in pursuing, but what has he done to you? What has he said to you? Because if he's God, then it's worth it. If he's asked you to surrender it, if he's God, then let it go. If he's asked you to pursue it, if he's given you a dream or a vision or a calling, if he's God, then go for it. If he's spoken something over you, if he's spoken something over your marriage, if he's spoken something into you by someone else, then if he's God, then hear it. If he's God, then write it down. If he's God, then surround yourself with people that remind you of it. Because if he's not God, then what's the point? But if he is, follow him. And we have to in all the different ways that we can. So Elijah, he says and he calls them out. <laughs> they did exactly as I did. He calls them out and they did kind of what you're doing. He's huh. all right. speechless. And then he begins to set the table. He's like, let's, let's talk about the wager. Oh, you realize he's, he's, he's gambling with his own life. He will instantly be killed. They're already out for him, right? And so he says, listen, this is what we're going to do. It's either God or Baal. Can't be both. It's got to be one. I'm the only prophet standing here. So many have already been killed. We've got 450 prophets of Baal there. We're going to do the exact same thing, and I'm going to let them set the deck if they want to. They get to cut it. Two oxen, they pick which one they want. We're both going to do the exact same thing. And what's interesting is that you call it out and, and when fire comes. So uh, both God and Baal are recognized for having the voices of thunder and have, having uh, uh, lightning as a weapon. Okay, So both of them are recognized as like these these big, powerful, superior beings, and they're similar in this area. So under the vein of sky itself, right, the Baal, the god of sky, so, so listen, I'm even going to only talk about the vein in which Baal often operates through your eyes as the lower G god, that, that whoever does what you guys say Baal always does, whoever does it, he's the true god. And then the people finally say, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Because they too know, they desperately desire to know what is true. They want to lean all in for what they know is true. And although it had been demonstrated to the people of Israel time and time and time again, and the miraculous that occurred all throughout 
the Old Testament that led them to this moment where they turned their back on God and they had glorified sin and been numb to sin and began to worship this, then, then now they're suddenly, they're in this moment where they, 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 they don't know if it's God, they don't know if it's Baal, and they don't know what is true, but they do want to believe what is true. So let's do the test. I mean, he's gambling with his life. He's not gambling with mine. So that's a good idea. So he begins the process. And you guys know the story. You know the story. He begins the process. And, and the prophets of Baal, are, are they, they're the first ones that get to go. They cut up the ox and they put them on the wood. And, uh, and they began worshiping and, and prostrating themselves before uh, the ox and, and praying and praying that, that the God of Baal would send fire. And Elijah, he, he's a sportsman, he starts trash-talking them throughout the process. And those of you that have heard me ever speak about this, I have to acknowledge this is like one of the few times in the Bible there's potty humor, okay? He, he literally says, yell louder, he must be using the restroom, um, and there's his trash talking. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, all right? A little rough around the edges. I like the guy, all right? So, so he's, he's giving them a hard time. They begin slashing their backs and bleeding and, and showing their devotion to their God, desiring him, giving everything before the people of Israel. And here's what breaks my heart. They weren't faking it. They believed it, hook, line, and sinker. They had been so misled that lower G God had been so lifted up that sin had so saturated the culture that in their mind it was legitimate. That in their mind it was worthy of a lifestyle and it was worthy of hurting themselves to prove that what they believe is true. And the people watched and inevitably nothing happened. So Elijah, he does his thing and he, he, he's got the destroyed altar and he builds the altar with a representation of 12 tribes and he brings those 12 stones and he stacks the wood on top, and then he takes the oxen and puts it on and has them uh, dig out a trench, a little moat around it. And they start pouring water on the altar and the ox. They just start pouring water on it just to prove even more beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is God. The water flowed around the altar, and he also filled the trench with water. And I, I, I literally read this prayer, and I read it for some of you that have turned their back on God. I read it for some of you that need to be reminded of his power. I read it for some of us. 
at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet came near. Again, he comes near. I just, oh, he's pursuing them. He comes near and says, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Pause. I forgot to mention something really cool. Throughout the process of him building the altar, the same people that had turned their back on God, the same people that were silent in the beginning are the same people that he uses to build the altar. The same people he uses to, to put the ox on. The same people he uses to dig the moat. The same people that Elijah enlists to get the water. He's saying, I don't care where you've been. You're going to be a part of something incredible. So he reaches out to them and he commissions them to become active in what the miraculous thing is about to occur. So I just find that so beautiful that even cold hearts are used to be drawn close to the Lord before he does something incredible. That no one is unworthy of being used by God, and whenever we submit to him using us, inevitably our hearts are turned and transformed. So I just I think that is a unique uh, perspective of how God is using Elijah to draw his people into him. So in this, right, he's, uh, Elijah the prophet came near and he said, O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, today let it be known that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant. He glorifies God in this. And I've done all these things at your word. He is sent by God. He is commissioned by God. He is empowered by God. He's doing it for God. He's doing it by God. Then 37. Answer me. Oh, Lord. Answer me. Why? Why does it matter? Why does it matter? That this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back again. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me. That this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their heart back again. This year, this year, the beginning of this year, I want each of us to make a choice because you are offered the opportunity to choose. How long will you hesitate between two opinions? How long If God is God, then follow him. Surrender the things that which God has called you to surrender. Pick up the things that which God has called you to pick up. Operate in the way that God has called us to operate. And surrender to him. Absolutely. And as you begin this process, of choosing him, he will, he will then continue to turn your heart and he will soften your heart and he will break down the walls and he, through your submission to him as Lord and Savior, through your submission to him as creator and sustainer, through your submission to God, 
you will begin to experience what it means to live by God, to live for God, to be able to say, God, this is all you, and I'm just doing what you've said, to give glory to God, to give credit to God, and to see God move through you by also him moving in you. And that's what it means to walk in freedom. And that's what it means to be able to say that that sin, that habit, that addiction, that need, that relationship, that codependency issue, that identity issue that was dealt with on the cross, that was put in the grave, and that was left there after he rose. Because the price that he paid is far greater than all the stuff that I just listed. And he did it for you. He's done it for you. And if we, if we, if we can choose to follow him, if we can choose to take steps in his path as he's led, then we will see people come alongside us. We will see people come to us. We will see people that are broken, that are hurting, that haven't heard the hope, that haven't heard the good news, that are hiding in the dark, that don't see any light. We will see them come to know him. And he will do it through you, not through me. Not even through church, through you. On Monday, on Tuesday, on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, through us, at work, at home, at school, in every facet of our lives, he will be lifted up and he will be glorified. And yes, I really do hope that fire doesn't fall where you're at, uh, literally, I hope it happens spiritually. I pray that it happens spiritually. Because the same God that battled Baal is the same God that desires your heart today. And he desires your everything. And the beautiful thing about it is it can start right now. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how quiet you've been. It doesn't matter the other things you've picked up or if you were literally one of the 450 prophets of Baal itself. It doesn't matter. If you surrender to him, he'll receive you. And he loves you deeply. Father, I pray for anyone, Lord, that needs to repent and turn back to you. God, whether their hearts have been turned hard because of whether it be sin or pain or suffering or doubt or oversaturation in the culture or whatever it is, God, whatever that, that thing is, Lord, I pray through the power of the Holy Spirit right now that scales fall and that ears are open and that hearts are softened and that they receive what it means to be loved by a good father. They receive what it means to be empowered by the creator of everything. Father, for those of us that struggle with this last year, Lord, I pray that we get an opportunity just to breathe deep and feel the peace of what is ahead. Because you have it. You are there. You've gone before us, you carry us, and you're coming in behind us. You've always been and you always will be. Let us follow you. Let us be led by you. 
Father, through the same power of the Spirit of Elijah, let us prophesy. Let us be prophets. Let us stand boldly, even if we're alone, and declare that you are God. Father, none of us are perfect, and that's the beauty of it. It's got to be that way. You were the only one. You were the only one worthy. And yet you call us by name. You know the things we've done and you know the thoughts we've had and yet you still pursue us. You still desire us. You still want us for you are good. Far better than any of us deserve. But for some reason in our eyes, we are, in your eyes, we are seen as worthy. We are desirable to you. And although some of us, it's hard to accept that, Lord, may we accept it today. May we receive that, that worth, that significance. And may we follow you. And with your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, I just want you to just pray silently to him and just ask him, If there's anything that you need to repent from, if there's anything you need to turn from, if there's anything that you need to give him or let go of, and if there is, then I just want you to just, all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if there is something that he's speaking to you about right now. I'm not going to ask you to say it, but just stand up if there's something. If there's something that he's asking for, just stand right where you're at. Just let him speak to you. you've been holding on to your future and he's been asking for it? If you've been holding on to your kids but he's been desiring them? If you've been holding on to your job or your plans? If you've been picking up stuff that you should have left if he's calling you to accept him as your savior, then stand. Father, for each of these people standing, for all of us, Lord, I pray that you minister to each of us that we recognize that there is a way to do what you're calling us to do, to let go of or to pick up. Lord, there's, there's something. There's something. There's a way that you are providing. Father, but may we fix our eyes on you. Because we know one thing to be true. <laughs> there's one God. 
and that is you. Father, I pray for empowerment over these people. I pray for your favor over these people. I pray for opportunity for them to encounter you and for your, your will to be revealed to them, God. Holy Spirit, I pray for the empowerment of the resurrection to bind the enemy and for scales to fall and for recognition to be had that, that, that sin has no power. That in reality, death has no sting. And for each of us, Lord, I pray that we can follow steadfast. I pray that we can follow with both passion and compassion. I pray that we can follow in humility and be used by you and to stand strong for you. Even to risk our lives for you, God. It's worth it. Because if you're God, <laughs> you deserve our everything. So Father, these things we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Midweek Podcast here at Temple Church. If something spoke to your heart today, we'd love to hear from you and walk alongside you. You can reach us at temple at temple.church or you can send us a text message at 252-521-2093. If you enjoyed this week's episode, we'd love it if you rate and review the show and share it with your friends. That helps us to get the word out. Again, you can join us weekly for more episodes on how God can transform us and use us for His kingdom. We'll see you next time.